this is what he's kind of setting down is I'm going to be just awesome everywhere and nobody is safe and everybody has to fight and I'm going to recruit on recruit on recruit on recruit. And while that is awesome and as a Georgia fan, I am very excited about that. It is also worth remembering, at least in the off season, (laughs) that there is a human cost to that stuff. What's up, Georgia fans? You're listening to episode 133 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and I'm joined today, as usual, by my co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. And today, we're discussing a lot of spring sports. Yes, the women's softball team is in Oklahoma City, preparing to take on Florida for the first game in the Women's College World Series. And the men are set to host the Campbell Camels. Yes, you heard that right. Campbell Camels on Friday night in their first game for the Athens Regional of the NCAA Tournament as well. We touch on those at length pretty much throughout this episode, and then we also dive into, of course, football. We discuss the college college football transfer rule that seems to always be in the news, and then we also touch on a little bit of Georgia's depth chart post-spring heading into fall practice. And make sure to stick around to the very end because our very own Will Leach and Tony Waller discuss fashion advice. Yes, you heard that correctly, fashion advice. So without any further ado, let's kick this off. Here's Will and Tony to get us started. We're back, guys. So, I, you know, I just thought, you know what? We have spent, uh, we're ending our third season, right? Uh, I, I've kind of lost track. However, yeah. however you're going to count it. We, um, did, we did the last season of Rick in the first two seasons? I, I think the, the, the mark of delineation As we start between talking about, yeah. one season and the next is after G-Day. No, oh, I, see, no. I see. I view it. I view it as the start of fall practice. I agree. Or, I agree. or maybe SEC media days at the minimum. Yeah. Or, or, I think it's when we start talking about the next season. Right. As Are we not doing that now? No, oh, I'm sure we are. Is it I'm still too early? Why not? Yeah, because yeah. I think, listen, baseball's still going on. Football's going on. And that's where I was going with this. Yes. We finally have spring sports to talk about out beyond track and field. Right? The lady softball, the lady dogs softball are on the way to Oklahoma City as we speak as one of the final eight teams. Mm-hmm. Right? Georgia men's baseball. We're hosting a regional. Versus for the, Georgia women's baseball. Right. We're, Georgia's hosting a regional for the first time in Seven and if they win, they're going to host the Super Regional. And they'll host Super Regional, their national seed, their eighth mm-hmm. seed. Um, it looked dicey there for a little while on Sunday because, you know, they had not a great show in the SEC tournament because it's Georgia at the SEC tournament, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but they, they could not take advantage of that, uh, that brain-dead play that the— um, Right, Ole Miss made. The Ole Miss made. And Ole Miss ended up, you know, going into the, you know, to the championship. Did so. they get a national seed? Ole Miss, yeah. Yes. Oh, know, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they're four. So I, I did see that Stetson— RPI yep. they, it was four, and they do not have a national seed. I thought they were a national seeded team. I, have to go back I don't think they're the sixteen. They're not eight. They're not a top eight. Yeah. Not, okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, was, is, I guess they played a Stetson schedule. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of it. Probably like, like the UCF of college baseball. Yeah. Except, sure. Except they won't be able to actually claim that they're the champion when they're not. Yeah, because they have a full tournament. Yeah, sure, um, sure. So you know, th- those are the couple things that I thought. You know, we we definitely need to talk about baseball and softball. Yeah. Um, I was at. You were, let's just talk about baseball and softball. Yeah. And we'll, we'll That's fine. To the next spot. I was at that last game of the year. Uh, the last game they've won. Actually. Which one? Softball or baseball? Baseball. That was at the last game of the year uh, where there was that incredible play where oh, they, yeah that where they, they were they, it was the, the third game rubber game of the set big game Arkansas was a really good team. Uh, top, uh, top 15, top 10 team, and to, to have your season, regular season end, this terrific season for Georgia, end on a th- play at the plate, sack fly to left, throwing them out, was 
tremendously exciting and speaks to really well. One of the things that was I was trying to figure out was because since I've gotten here, Georgia baseball has been bad. Yeah, and it's been actively bad. It's been ten years. Yeah, and and this year people were expecting it to be bad again. They were not expecting it to be good again. And what they've done, I have to say, has taught me a little bit about college baseball. I really have never followed college baseball that closely. But what it's kind of taught me about college baseball is there actually is a huge amount of value in just being really fundamentally sound and playing really good defense and making the right play. That's really what they've done this year. They obviously have some good talent. They have some good players. But they, there's no one – like no one's going in the first round of the draft next week. Like they have a lot of lower – like they don't have any superstars. There, there is no uh, Josh Fields, you know, or Mitchell Boggs, or, or, or so on, or or uh, uh, Gordon Beckham. Like there's no superstars, but they play sharp defense. And in college, ba- college baseball, that's super important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's like a huge deal because so many mistakes are made. You see, we have to go to a minor league game, and there's so many errors made. So imagine how many are made in a college game. They play crisp defense, and it's amazing how far that can take you when you have a lousy before. How much you can have a veteran. Team team that plays a good defense and you've seen kind of the results of that all year it's pretty much a lot of the same guys from last year and I think a lot of maturity has happened and they didn't have to lose anybody to the draft last year really too and the other part about it is our pitching stayed healthy uh that was a problem the past two years um, we were a decent team and I'll come back to the fundamentals in a minute we're a decent team that could hit at spots but pitching was really not great. We were, we were relying on a couple of young guys who now have matured some. Uh, the other part about it is that, and, and we frankly we saw this in the SEC tournament, is Georgia won a lot of close ball games. Mm-hmm. They won a lot of one-run ball games. They had a lot of ball games where they threw a guy out yeah, uh, right. in a close play to end the game. Right. right? They had a couple of extra inning games. Uh, they had a couple of comeback games. Um, and you know, frankly. That cuts that cuts both ways, right? You start playing really good teams, you can't. You need to make sure you capitalize and don't end up in coin flip situations. The other hand, you can't say the team's tested, right? Yeah. And you get to play at home against. Um, I mean, really, the best you can hope for as a regional host is you don't have teams that travel well because this, you're the top sixty-four teams. Yeah. You know, because in the past we'd been playing Georgia Tech, right? You have, it, yeah, and that's and that's a difference in the way. Um, but they, they didn't make it. They have they've tried to do a better job of not putting natural rivals against one another. For example, South Carolina is not going to Clemson. They're going to East Carolina. So the, um, that must be a shift because it used to be they would yep, just group it regionally. They group regionally, and they also used to group uh, the. They used to group the the um, the super regionals? super regionals that way, right? Yeah, you we played against you NC would try State. to you would try to seed like you would try to pack mm-hmm. in seeds so that whomever was in your top sixteen, if they won, uh, they're not in the top eight. They didn't have to travel as far, right? But the um, biggest testament to your point right. is the fact that University of Washington is playing in Myrtle Beach this <laughs> right. weekend against the Shannon. Right, that's exactly right. Um, in the past, that would have been South Carolina, Duke. Um, That's got to be the entire Washington travel budget. Budget, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would think <laughs> for baseball. baseball for but, you know, we have Duke here. We have right. Troy here. We have we have Campbell here. And none of those teams, for baseball at least, traditionally travel really well. I mean, for example, you look at you look at uh, Florida State. That's a terrible regional for them. At Mississippi State, they're a two seed. They they're going to bring they're going to bring everybody. Just, if you've been to Starkville, you know that's a big deal. Samford, which is a team in Birmingham, Alabama, that plays. I mean, that travels well. I mean, they got three programs or two programs there. They're visiting programs that travel well, and that frankly it can make a difference when you you can negate some home field advantage when you hear the other team's crowd yelling at your home place. And it also helps that this is a because it's a veteran team. So as we've seen for a long time, and they play 
like just sharp, good team ball. They're very likable. Like this is ever, like they're a very likable team yeah. to watch. This is not. It doesn't feel. This is not like a bunch of hot recruits came in and we're all just and like, which can be fun too. But like this is a team that you've seen mature and grow and makes it a little bit more exciting. I think it still raises some questions about recruiting moving forward. I think that's still like a little bit of an issue, right? But but this can help. This absolutely helps. And and you have to take your hat off for Coach Strickland because you know we. We, we sat right here in this room. This never happens in football. Like, right, this never this happens in football not. and never happens in basketball. Once you're toast going into your last year, yeah, it's just you're really, toast. You're, you're, you're toast. really just playing. I mean, basically, he was... Like, uh, he was yeah. basically he was, I think we even called him out on this podcast. It like, was, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, we sat here, we, yeah. we and I say we, I sat here in January, February, is like, wow, is something really interesting enough to happen? Yeah. Um, I just don't see it happening. And oh, yeah, and now to, I, yeah. to give him credit, I mean, he's going to probably be... He'll certainly be a candidate for SEC Coach of the Year, yeah. um, just because you know the te- other teams that did well, Arkansas, Ole Miss, LSU. Although LSU had their ups and downs, um, they uh, Florida. You know those teams were all expected to dominate. And realistically, going into the last three weeks of the season, Georgia was in a spot where they could have called Florida. I mean, um, he, he had the season that Mark Fox. Wanted, needed. Yeah, yeah. That's right. a good that's point. Exactly yeah, what he that's had. That's a great yeah. point. Yeah, uh, and we'll get to we'll get to basketball yeah, in a minute. Yeah. I want to I want to talk about uh, softball. Uh, the my favorite during during the season, by the way, softball is my favorite. Like it's a Sunday and there's nothing going on. It's, it's not very far from my house, so that helps. It's really interesting, too. but like it's really just a, it's a fun. The way I talked about how uh, college baseball is different than like major league baseball. Mm-hmm. Softball is it feels like baseball played inside like a pinball machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's so compact yeah. and like one there's one bounce and bam, like it's just, it's a really really fun visually interesting game to watch. Well, in high level softball, high level women's softball is really about. Um, it's about leverage, right? It's about capitalizing on opportunities and limiting mistakes. You can make, you know, one little bobble of the ball and somebody can take an extra base, and that's yeah. the difference between that's the difference between winning one to nothing and losing two to one. Like literally, seriously, a small juggle and a guy yeah. and she's oh, a second yeah. base. Yeah, yeah. she gets second base. That's right. What are, what are the dimensions? Uh, the bases are sixty five feet. Uh-huh. So uh, if you think of it this way, can they way, steal? They can steal. Um, they can't. They, they can't. They still have to wait till the ball's pitched. Yeah, the ball has to be pitched. They yeah. can't play. They can't lead off, yeah. but. I mean, if you don't, I mean, put it this way. I saw uh, three or four times um, in the Georgia-Tennessee Super Regional where um, one catcher or the other um, did snap throw back to first Mm -hmm. from her knees um, and almost got a player who had taken too long of a lead. So it's like taking a secondary lead almost. You're not well, taking an initial lead. Well, you, yeah, you, no, you spring off the base. You're allowed to leave gotcha. once the ball leaves the hand. Okay. So you, if you leave before the ball leaves the hand, you're out. It's a dead ball. Dead ball. And see, I, I trust Tony in this because he coaches softball. And, and, and also was a softball umpire. So he's oh, out. I, I mean, didn't know that. She That's is amazing. out, period. Have, um, have you ever had to make that call? When you're umpire? Uh, no, no, I haven't. I haven't umpired. I the the highest level of softball, fast pitch softball, I umpired was like my daughter's age, 12, uh, 12 13 year olds. So, um, you I mean, tr- you're trying not to make that call on twelve or thirteen year olds. Really, what you just tell the coach, hey, coach, keep your player. Yeah, on. like knock it off. Right. 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 Yeah, right. coach, keep your player on the base or I'm to call her out, and the user that fixes it. So, but for the first time, I think ever, all top eight national seeds yeah. made it. Oklahoma City, one through eight, um, which is which is weird. Like, yeah, that's not even right. Like, which means Georgia faces Florida mm-hmm. four Georgia versus Florida. five or five versus four. Actually, draw Florida's. No, I think it's I think it's seven three seven two seven two seven two. Seven two? Yeah, seven oh, I'm sorry, you're right, seven two. Um, and the interesting thing about this is that this. Is where pitching becomes really, really important for uh, for teams. 
The that the Georgia won their super regional without uh, without their top pitcher. She tore a bicep uh, three or four weeks ago. is a, is also a testament to the depth of Georgia softball team, but also tells you where. The, what we could be staring at. And they still could make a run. I mean, any of these eight teams can make a run and win the national championship, right? Um, you know, the, the the top eight teams are, there's not that much that separates them. Now, Georgia could also lose two games and come home. Um, but the same thing could happen with any of the any of those eight teams. So, and they're in the College World Series. Like, that is awesome. Yeah, it's like, amazing. It's, just it's really amazing. Fun. That's really fun. And the first game, I don't know when this is going to be up, but the first game uh, Thursday? Is, is, thir- right? is Thursday night at 7 p.m. Thursday yeah. night, 7 p.m. Eastern. And for, as, and for as, baseball, it's Friday night, 7.30. Yeah, as Scott rolls his eyes, being like, am I going to have this up by 7 p.m.? <laughs> well, so, I mean, he should. It's Monday. Yeah, it's and, uh, yeah exactly. Let's, yes, let's go with that. <laughs> it's Monday. Hey, what's everybody doing for Memorial Day next week? <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then and then basketball. Um, I don't know if you've seen. Some schedule came out today. Some, some schedule came out. Some schedule came out some schedule stuff came out. We're going to have... Is Arizona State we're going to have here? Arizona State's going to be um, here. We're doing I'll home and home up, with them. I'll, I'll bring up the invaluable Seth Emerson Twitter because he... Because, well, let's bring the reason why he had this information today. Yeah. Because it was... Uh, it was... SEC meetings. SEC yeah. meetings, right. Um, SEC meetings media. Yeah. Which is, you guys, you know, it's just... Yeah. Well, they also... Meeting. They also... I, I, I'll, I'll give Crean some credit. He he tweaked some Kentucky folks today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said there's no reason why Georgia can't recruit with Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, For I, what it's worth, uh, did you see Calipari's response? Yes. John Calipari said can, Georgia should be one of the three best jobs in the SEC basketball-wise. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. that What's number two? a little high. Well, probably Florida. Yeah, Florida, Florida, Georgia, Florida and Kentucky got to be one, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, you can make the argument for... If Missouri ever get their crap together, yeah, you can yeah, make the argument tough. for Arkansas, maybe yeah. based on their history. Yeah. Um, make an argument for Tennessee. Tennessee, argument, yeah. right? Uh, for for Auburn until Bruce yeah. Bruce Pearl ends up working a, a food wholesaling again. Um, but it's 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 fun, right? I mean, you know, do you have had? Um, it's fun because Georgia has had nine years of Mark Fox, which is. Let, yeah, let's, let's just call it as it is. It was not. It was not interesting, right? It was. It was. It was. It was what it was. But I know, see. I see Tom Crean on Twitter doing like Twitter videos of like going up to people in their cars and shaking their hands. Yeah. He's oh, everywhere. he is. He is totally, totally as far as it goes. Um, as far as his outward, like man on the street stuff, totally different than Mark Fox. Absolutely. Um, which is you know kind of how hiring goes, right? It, I mean, that's why Jeremy Pruitt is Jer- being Jeremy Pruitt because he is the opposite of Bush Jones. He he literally would he would rather. He would rather fight his mom bare knuckles than mm-hmm. talk about champions of life. I mean, I mean, this is Jeremy Pruitt, right? Um, and this is the same way with Tom Crane and Mark Fox. He was just, you know, and Mark Fox for for whatever whatever you want to say about him, he was not the get out. He was not the raw rock guy. I mean, he I mean, he was the guy that was shushing Georgia fans for cheering the wrong way at the wrong time, um, which is you know we could, we had. I've had that debate a bunch, but, you know, I don't think you'll ever hear Tom Crean complain about Georgia fan cheering the wrong way. For what so. it's worth, uh, his first game, his first official game as coach, will be the night before the Auburn-Georgia game here at Sanford Stadium. So yep. if, if you can't get a sellout for that, uh, I don't know what you can get a sellout for. Because yeah. I know it's Savannah State. But come up. Everyone's going to be here for Auburn-Georgia. Savannah State, that's right. I, I, State. I was trying to remember who Everyone it was. be here for Auburn-Georgia, Crean's first game. And we'll see what kind of team they're going to have. But clearly, you can't prime the pump any more than he has. Right. And Nick, he's working Nick Claxton at point guard, yeah. which is okay. Really? That's, yeah, I think that's some... A little tall for that, isn't he? I think, I, think it, I think it speaks more about 
what he thinks our point guard situation <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, you got to have somebody well, to play minutes. Also, yeah, he, you know, he's a good. He, listen, he can shoot. Yeah, he, he has a little bit of handles. Yeah, he's not a distributor, but he's able to. Like, listen, I, I think what he really wants is he, he wants shoot the shooters on the wings. Yeah, like he wants shooters. Yeah, and uh, that's that, Tom Crane basketball. That's what they're going to do. You know, yeah. and they're going to be more fun to watch. And uh, clearly, recruiting is going to be uh, that's that's the that's the long term plan. But you know, like honestly, worst case scenario, come in the first year and talk about doing things opposite from your predecessor. Just come in and just go nuts and just start shooting and going crazy and run and run the ball up and down the court. And it, be cool it, it might not be better, but they'll be more fun. They scored like that, uh, what, early 90s Loyola Marymount? Loyola Marymount. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be a that would much, pack but, yeah, <laughs> that would That would pack segment, yes. But, uh, but yeah, I, there's excitement about the basketball program. I, we will certainly be able to have plenty of time to discuss this. They, I think they don't look like a tournament team for, to me talent-wise, uh, but I don't think anyone expects that. And if they get it, then he'll look like a genius. Yeah, uh, uh, being a mm, – it's way early to talk about basketball, but <laughs> yeah. that seems like a stretch. Um, yeah, we're, uh, we're under 100 days to football. Yeah. So it's like 90-something. Yeah, so we, we talk a little bit of football. Stetson, Can we? Stetson Bennett has decided to transfer, which, okay, that's fine. I'd, I want to be careful because I know Stetson's family. Where can he go? Uh, Is he allowed to he, go I, anywhere? He, he's, he's planning on going to junior college. Oh, I okay. think he must go somewhere junior college because he, he still has – if he goes junior college, he'll still have two years of eligibility to play um I, he just wants to play football and i can't blame him for that i think he realizes that whatever's going to happen at uga um i think the competitive urge is still there to go out and compete and be the guy um, so who's our third guy uh that's a very good question i, I mean you need three yeah we uh, i mean i could look just the, for i could look the name up yeah. i don't know um i think i think what that means though we're, we're, we're going to see more um at least practices out of the wild dog um, <laughs> and, and probably some more play sets out of the wild, wild dog to be perfectly honest and, and just anticipation of uh, the possibility of things going just in case in case right in case. you know we we've you know it's like well you can't you can't get two quarterbacks hurt well what are the odds of getting your starting quarterback hurt on the first or second right. series of the season against App State so I got a question if Stetson Bennett is going to junior college which that's the same thing that um a lot of quarterbacks have done. Mm-hmm. Um, why wouldn't Jacob Eason have gone junior college route because he would have actually gotten playing time because he's going to be redshirting this year? Because he didn't. He he didn't need to. Well, first off, he knew exactly where he wanted to go. He wanted to go to Washington, right? And Washington uh, is an awesome program. Washington's awesome program. He can totally right. so you can learn still and holding the. Clipboard. It's also home. Sure, I get it. Well, you go there, and the reason is you go there is that you are the presumed starter. But, but realistically, he would not have played legitimate football, what, in two or three years by the time he plays next yeah. year. Sure, sure. So, I mean, look, I, I made the argument that he could have stayed here and gone to the NFL next year. So sure. yeah. um, I, I think he certainly, of all players, has the opportunity. Who's the backup at USC that got drafted? Even Sanchez. Jeff Sanchez. Well, Matt Castle. Matt Castle. It was Matt Castle. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, Matt Castle was a backup in both yeah, US, both the USC and in the pros. I mean, and they didn't find like a starting job. It was terrible. And, there, <laughs> and there's another guy, Tom Brady. Yeah. Yes, Tom Brady was. Yes, yes, Tom Brady was out there. Uh, so, around um, him. Yeah, he's got an excellent nutrition program. Yes, and his uh, his wife's Brazilian, I guess. So, um, so one of the things that uh, that has kind of bubbled up to about. Um, you know, it's just around the football program is, is some stuff came out today about football scheduling. Um, I, I think there is a lot of there's a lot to be made about the 
Georgia Auburn, uh, Georgia play in Auburn and Georgia Tech in the same year at home, and then uh, the, it's and worse then for Auburn. Auburn. It's worse for Auburn. Yeah. And but the other part about it is it's not just simple. It's just switching. Um, and Seth Emerson on the Athletic did write an article about that. There was some other stuff that came up about that. And the a lot of Georgia fans were like, "Well, you just you just switch the games." And then there was um, uh, oh Matt Smith, um, not 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 that Matt Smith, right. um, Matt Smith. Um, for Southern Pigskin wrote, it's like, well, what Georgia got out of it is they blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, it's fine, okay. But the reality is, is that Georgia did, did the SEC a solid, right? But they did it to keep the Georgia-Auburn rivalry and the Alabama-Tennessee rivalry intact. Because it, going back and, and rewinding history, the idea at the time was, why, why do we do these? There are really a couple that people really, really care about. It's Georgia-Auburn and Alabama-Tennessee. Um, I have been... Uh, a bit of an advocate for some time of just being done with it and putting Auburn and Alabama in the East and being done with it, right? You fix, you fix almost all the problems that way. Um, I'm, I, I would hate that because, you know, you'd put the, the traditionally the, the best program in the well, world. That's what the Big Ten did with Michigan and Ohio State. But that's what Michigan and Ohio State did, right? And they did that so to make sure they get to play. Um, but the other part about it is there's some other ideas out there that we could go to, but none of this stuff will happen until 25 when the current 12-year cycle is over, unless, of course, the SEC decides to to – Contract, expand, or something. Contract would be good. Well, sure, um, but <laughs> that's by the way, that's not happening. <laughs> um, but the well, I said it's not happening. It's not happening as we see it, the landscape today. Um, so you know, this is this is a seven year off fix or something to talk about. But it also, it lends us up to the idiocy of um, <laughs> the idiocy the the day to day coverage of the SEC. It's like you know, I, I feel bad for people that have to come up with content. Um, like interesting content in, in on May 30th, absent um, Hugh Freeze dialing hookers or, <laughs> um, or, or, or Jeremy Pruitt. No, was, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I don't know. Well, so Nick, it was something, right? The only interesting college football con- content right now is Bill Connolly. Bill Connolly. Right, yes. <laughs> right. And, I, down, and that's a good yes, stuff. Yes. And, and the Athletic, if you subscribe to the Athletic, is doing their state of the program, which yep. has been a really good yep. series. And also, Vox Media did put out uh, the Stephen Godfrey Project Yes, X. which I've not read it. Which I've, I've, not I've read both it. read and watched the video. Really well done. Okay. The video is really well done. It's done 30 for 30 style, not the same production value right. as you might imagine, but it is well done. It's, it's going to be four parts, four 30-minute series, four, part, four 30-minute pieces. Um, his lead article with that was very very well done. Um, if you have not read, as a primer, if you've not read Bagman, if you're a college football fan, I'd be really surprised you hadn't come back. 2013 or 14, he wrote the Bagman article. This is kind of a follow-up on that. And he, literally this started with him trying to find out who who ruined Larry Tunzel, Laramie Tunzel's life on draft night. right? And it went from there to the whole Leo Lewis nonsense. Um, and I have a feeling it's going to end up with uh, if you read the article, uh, you're foreshadowing the, the the actual piece. The video piece is going to end up with Rebel Rags suing uh, and whatever happens with Rebel Rags suing Leo Lewis and the NCAA. And my takeaway was, man, I'm not really excited about Dan Mullen being one of our <laughs> chief rivals because if you read the article, he doesn't come out looking too good in this. Um, but again, that's it's interesting content. Speaking of Bill Conley, I have emailed with Bill. Hope to have him on at some point. Over the yeah, summer, yeah, good interview with um, with Butarski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike was gracious enough to do that. That was fun. Uh, that's a fun blog. That's yeah, a fun yeah. Blog. He is. He. And you're I mean, right. You, one thing I liked about your interview too was that like he really is really careful about 
not being hot take guy, mm-hmm. and uh, it is refreshing. Well, he he's super smart. He uh, he really does come at this from a, a fan's perspective, and without trying to be you know the funny one liner guy. And I, I respect that. Um, I hope, like I said, I hope to have Bill Conley uh, sometime over the next few weeks. Um, and I, 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 it was like, look, I'm not. I don't want to talk about the SEC. I don't want to. I want. I, I want to talk about the S and P Plus because we talk about a fair amount on the podcast, and I think our listeners would appreciate kind of understanding that a little better. Um, also, hope to have David Ching, who used to be mm-hmm. used to write here for the Athens Banner Herald, was with ESPN. ESPN. Yeah. He now is. He now works for Purdue University, mm-hmm. uh, doing uh, one of their media publications, but also does. Uh, some work for Forbes uh, on, on college athletics business. And uh, so a couple so of things coming so he's up. better than Darren Ravel. <laughs> listen, I, have, I listen. I know people think that I hate Darren Ravel. No, well, I don't hate Darren. Ravel. Well, you just cost yourself ten thousand dollars. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I feel like what Darren Ravel represents is bad. Yes, that's I don't exactly right. Think what yeah. Darren, Darren Ravel. Is. Although sad, Darren Ravel at a ball game is always good. Oh, it's because he's always because Northwestern's always losing. So did he play at Northwestern? I, did you did hear go to college? Yeah, Northwestern. Yeah, that's, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm a shocked. So did you go to the softball regional when Northwestern was in town just to pull against him? Uh, I went to go watch Georgia, but yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> to watch uh, to watch Russia lose it was a happy experience. It's always nice to see like good-hearted college students who are working their tails off for uh, for a college that just happens to be someone I don't like in other sports, yeah. so I can boo them from the yeah. center from, from center field because I'm a very classy person. Um, but yeah, it was great. You know, uh, I as I said, I cannot. If you didn't get a chance to go to any softball games, you should definitely do so because yeah. it was uh, go uh, cats always goes. Oh, yes, yes, I'll, I'll give you a go cat. <laughs> I was watching some news report last week, and I don't know how I caught this, but it was Purdue versus Illinois in the Big Ten tournament in Mm -hmm. baseball. And Purdue barely won that game to then make it to the championship. And I was sitting there thinking, is Illinois going to make a regional? And they had a decent season they in were, baseball, but they didn't make it. The bracketologists had them as that game costing them really? the whole thing. I they think were, they were last team out. Yeah, you they look were at last uh, out. Yeah, D1 so. baseball. Because that would have been amazing, yeah. an Athens regional with like a four-seed Illinois show up. That would be fun. That would yeah. be fun. Because you know, a lot of bracketology people had Indiana here. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, which I, which would have been kind of interesting. So yes, because again, as we mentioned before, Illinois and Georgia, Illinois and Georgia never play in anything. They are still the most high profile team now that they played Oklahoma. Illinois is the most high profile team. Georgia's never played in football, and I'll repeat it again: if Georgia ever plays Illinois in football, things have gone wonderfully for Illinois and gone terribly <laughs> wrong for Georgia. Uh, but I would still, I don't want to see it happen because of that reason. But uh, for for the record, by the way. Um, the there's a what's the what's the really good uh, uh, SB Nation recruiting block? Um, Land of Tin? No, not no, Land of that's, Tin. That's, that's the one that's getting shut down. That's one of the Cox Media properties. Yeah. Um, I forgot the name. Forgive me. But they did a whole feature on Lovey Smith's recruiting breakthroughs. Oh, is that is that Bud Elliott's uh, yeah, recruiting but, yeah, thing? It's, it's, uh, it's, he didn't write it, but it's, yeah, it's, it's side. Yeah, I can't. And, I don't know what it's called. Um, but all about Illinois' recruiting breakthrough. They're expected to have a top five Big Ten class yeah. next Ooh. year. And uh, there's several reasons for it. I prefer to just give it to the Lovey Smith beard. It's the beard. But uh, certainly it's going. Uh, Illinois is probably not going to be good this year, but I think the year after that. I mean, Illinois has one of the top five two-way quarterbacks coming in next year. So that's – look at you guys. That's Luke, what about Luke Ford? <laughs> yeah, Luke and that's Ford. your Illinois minute. Luke Ford um. went to Georgia. That's true. <laughs> It was so. It was listen. It was nice of him to include Illinois. Yeah, it was. it was sweet. It was it precious. Was sweet. It was um, One thing I want to talk about uh, briefly with with Georgia football is, uh, and Trevor Belker have touched on this in their last podcast. The way that 
the way that recruiting and kind of the depth charts all coming together, one thing that I think is definitely different that we're seeing now in year three. Remember, we're only in year three, by the way. Like, we're only in year three of this. And I still think because we're not through one full four-year recruiting, recruiting cycle, cycle, yeah, that it's worth to continue to contrast things that Kirby Smart is doing differently than Mark Richt and doing, I would say, more like a Nick Saban, is... There is like he does not. He seems to have no trouble whatsoever, and we can argue whether this is good or whether this is bad. Uh, certainly, it's good for the team, but like telling people to go, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and you know, I think that there is. Um, uh, I think as someone that watches Georgia football and roots for Georgia football, I understand why he does it. And I'm glad he does it because I want them to win, and he certainly does it because if they don't win, he'll be gone. Like. But the practice is a little shady, right? Like the idea that like you get a guy for your scholarship and then two years in you're like, listen, you're never going to play here. So you're never going to play here. So I'm not can saying I, there's the Can door. I make some calls for you? Yeah. Or, like, and, and, and I get it. And I know it's the way college football is done. And it would, he would be, it would be malpractice for him as a coach not to do that. It's still shady. Yeah, and in my only the only caveat would I would add to that is that as long as once you tell a kid that they they are free, you do not place restrictions on where they go, right? right? And and that's not exactly the way it works. I mean, you you can essentially if you tell a kid he doesn't have a scholarship and we're free to go anywhere he wants to go within the within the confines of the NCAA or or the SEC. Um, where it gets even more interesting th- to me, and they're actually going to vote on this this week at SEC, is the graduate transfer rule, right? Mm-hmm. Where, and that's where you start seeing it more, is where a kid who has played some, but it's not really projected to be a starter in his, his fifth year um, or fourth year in some situations, are they going to be in a situation where they can go and do uh, a graduate transfer and then you restrict them, right? You can't go, right. you can't go to the Citadel or any of the teams on our of schedule. Of course, this is huge in college basketball. College basketball yeah. is a massive, yeah. massive practice to the point that it's become like a second recruiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you go to you go to the athletic, we're talking about yeah, athletic. Of course, yeah. They have a tracker, yes. like a college basketball transfer tracker. I mean, the Illinois basketball team is desperately looking for those guys. Right? Yeah, like, they're uh, recruiting yeah, them like frankly, recruiting high school kids. Frankly, I think Tom Crean probably is too. Uh, he, he's, he's got one spot. Be. He's, he's got one spot. Well, Tur- Kirby's got a good track record of getting these graduate transfers that actually pay off. Yes, right. yes, he does. And do you think he's kind of laying the groundwork by kind of moving a couple aside to then get some, maybe knowing or hoping that something changes with this uh, well, legislation? Like, there's guys that started la- at the beginning of last year yeah. that are now getting pushed <clears throat> off the team. What, what you do, and the reason you do this, is that you, you're always playing the depth versus having a spot for someone falling out of the sky, right? You, I mean, we, we can... Huh, Trust me, I, I mean, wrote that about, Notre Dame lineman. Well, no, yeah. Him. Well, look, I wrote about this a bunch at the Georgia Sports Blog about Georgia basically playing an entire rec- recruiting, recruiting class down for three or four seasons, as did as did nearly everyone that wrote about Georgia football from 2010 to 2014. Sure, right. I mean, we literally yeah. went in one That's season legit. with 67 scholarship players. That is one recruiting class down. Was that the year when our running backs got hurt and we were pulling guys? Yeah, we were, we were like practice squad. Yeah, and, yeah. So, what you, but what what you want to do is by encouraging guys to look elsewhere or flat out telling them they don't have a spot anymore. What you're trying to do is also. And I don't mean to imply that these guys are problem players at all. Uh, like, what you're trying to do is keep team cohesiveness, right? If somebody is a third-year player, they're not getting playing time. Unless they're really extraordinary, they're going to grouse, right? They, it can be a problem. And then you also want to put in the mentality that 
you have a spot open for anybody who wants to come and compete. And I think the only part about it that I, that I have a problem with out beyond is restricting where they go right. is that how you message that. And the, the one thing I will say um, that I think Mark Rick got right um, that, that I think Kirby is probably good at, but we haven't seen yet, is if a kid wants to, kid comes to the, him and says, I want to leave, right? I want to leave. And, and Mark Rick was pretty good. Well, Georgia, I mean, there were some instances where he would say, well, you can't go here, go, he let J.J. Green go to J.J. Tech. Green would attack, right? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly right. Um, he's not doing that at Miami now, right? <laughs> he's not doing that at Miami. No, he, he placed restrictions on the guy that went to transfer out of Miami. Um, so, you know, I think, I think malpractice is the right word when you look at, especially if you were to, you know, putting a, putting a legal analysis on it when you talk about malpractice, that's, that's a term of art having right. to do with yeah. what is standard in the industry and what is you right, know, right, best right. practices. And frankly, it's right. It's a standard. Um, and for better or worse. Or for, for better or worse. Um, and, you know, we, we, I think if, if history has proved anything to us, that is that um, if you create an atmosphere where guys are willing to come in and give their best shot and can't compete, um, the coaches will help them go and achieve their goal of having college, meaningful college football playing time. If even if that's not the University of Georgia, that's actually a win. I mean, that's part of what. Okay, so let me ask you this: If you're, and this is very just thin layered yeah. thinking, if you're Kirby Smart, somebody, one of your, you know, second stringers, third stringer, offensive lineman comes to you, wants to transfer, you realize it's not going to work out, but then <laughs> Auburn or Tennessee or Georgia Tech wants them. It's in your best interest because what if they are that one player that makes a play or something happens and then somebody can come back on you? And it's better, like if it's better to block to it. Auburn and someone threw a ball down the field late. Exactly. Got tipped, yeah. Well, but, yeah, but yeah he, he got kicked out. He got he kicked was, out. He was, I know, but you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, I understand. I understand there's some optics there. I, I do understand yeah. you have to still have to deal with the, the people saying, yeah, what abouts, right? Right. Um, I, I'm just thinking in terms of purely in terms of fairness. What would you for, do in your conscience? Um, Conscience, conscience. Ooh. If you're thinking Ooh. about your conscience, think, you've already well, made a mistake. <laughs> like I'm, honestly, I, honestly, I find a way to pay the players, but that's just me. Yeah, right, right. Um, I mean, honestly, like, but yes. yeah, but you know, you, you bring up a good point. It there is a level of there's a consideration out there simply beyond you know what is good and what we consider well, to be and, right. And, and you bring up a good point by saying about paying the players that like if this were really if people were really concerned mm-hmm. about what was good for the players. All types of stuff would be different, sure. right? And they're obviously well, not. Wait, so. but that gets back to Blutarski. That's what, I mean. Right. He he's quick to metaphorically roll his eyes at any coach that says, "Well, this is for the players," right? right? No, it's not. Well, this is my problem with Fox's thing. When Fox got all high and mighty Ugh. about the, exactly the scandal say, yeah. in college basketball, he was like, "Well, I'm glad." That these guys are finally getting the junk out of the game. I'm like, yeah. oh, by the junk out of the game, you mean shoe companies using schools as basically middlemen <clears throat> to get money to the players? When you are basically saying, nope, that money is supposed to go to only me to me because I have a I have a deal with the shoe company. So to me, that's I, I agree. Like I'm totally with the same kind of idea that like it's it uh, there is something fundamentally honest about being a jerk. In this stuff, and, and, and that's exactly right. I think that's. The, I think you hit on a point there. There is. Yeah, there's a fundamental yeah. honesty because you. Uh, it's not a, like I'm not giving them plaudits so, for that honesty, but you are fo- you are following the way this is. So right. if you're if you're the the next head coach at Illinois and your third string tailback who's kind of good wants to transfer to Northwestern, what do you let him transfer there? Well, if I, I'll put it this way, I'm not. I'm the type of. I would not let him do it. 
I mean, I would let him do it, which is exactly why I should never be hired to be the football coach of Illinois. And that's probably right. <laughs> right. I mean, look, I look at it this way. If he is not going to be able to play here, um, I, I'm, that means I am making a value decision that I think we have enough players, enough good players that no matter where he goes, it's not going to make a difference to what happens to my team. And I think famous last words. Well, no, I think that, that's right. That's, they, are, they are famous last words. Again, that's why I wouldn't. I think JJ Green terrible. scored a touchdown in that uh, debacle in Sanford a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Sure, he did. He's a, he's a good football yeah, player. Yeah. But JJ Green won it out too. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. I mean, he he. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't processed out. He was he asked to leave. It's just, it's just that the thing that we like about Kirby is that he's setting a culture. Right. He's setting a culture. And he is, that culture is, you see it from the quarterback position, frankly. Yeah. The idea that, like, hey, wow, you're a top five Heisman Trophy quali- uh, finalist who came with it this close to winning the National Yeah, but not, but not SEC, top SEC yes, preseason. Sure. Right. But, yes. Crazy. But, um, uh, like, like, I think Vegas Oz has fourth, yeah, fourth, fourth, I think, in, in, the, in the Heisman. And, obviously, I don't know if you guys remember, but came very close to winning the National Championship last year. And not only is and there are people that don't think he will start, yeah, and and with not inconceivable reason, right? And to me, that is, and you hear a lot. Ty Hildebrand talked about this in a solid verbal podcast. He's like, I just don't know if that's going to work. Like the quarterback position is not. It's, it's it's falling apart at Alabama right now with Hertz and Tua. Tagalio well, is it falling Boa. apart or 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 like for the, the for the record? I mean. Hurts, I guess you can kind of make that because Hurts basically had the national championship game against Clemson that Fromm had against Georgia. Yeah. But that right. said, if you're Alabama's coach, who are you starting as quarterback for that team right now? Who's starting Tua? You're obviously if he's starting not hurt. Tua. If he's not hurt. So like, that's but but it was his dad that said he would be the biggest college free agent out there if he didn't start. Yeah, and listen, fine. Like, that, like listen, your worst case scenario is this awesome quarterback who's not as good as your other quarterback leaves. Like, and to me, that's that's the thing, right? Yeah. Is that that's why I tend to think it's a good thing that he's doing because I, I talked about Ty Hildebrand from Zalvaro yeah. thinks this isn't going to work. He thinks that like if you have two great quarterbacks, you just it, you're heading for a problem no matter what. And I think this is what he's kind of setting down is I'm going to be just awesome everywhere, and nobody is safe, and everybody has to fight, and I'm going to re- recruit on recruit on recruit on recruit. And while that is awesome and as a Georgia fan I am very excited about that it is also worth remembering at least in the off season <laughs> that there is a human cost to that stuff yeah and, and the, I'm not going to bring this up in, uh, before the Auburn game right <laughs> but, but, but during of, the off season I think sure. it's kind of worth to remember but part of the human cost of it is not likely to, to be even remotely cashed in August right I mean part of what's going on with with Alabama and their quarterback situation is going to play out over the course of fall camp, unless something really weird happens. Right. Something really weird happens, well, two is going to transfer. Right. But he's not going to transfer in time to be an impact player in 2018 and, frankly, 2019. And we're in the same situation with, with Fromm and Fields. Right. I mean, you know, the, the best-case scenario... And, the, and, frankly, like that, and what, what Kirby's trying to do is to have that at every position. Position, that's right, and that's where I was going. Yeah, it's sorry. like, look, the best-case scenario is that Georgia goes and wins the national championship and one of the quarterbacks decides to leave. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The worst case scenario is, frankly, one that I don't think will happen. Well, worst case scenario is both get hurt. But the worst case scenario, realistic scenario, is that one of them struggles and Kirby doesn't make a decision about you know, making a change. Yeah. And do you see Kirby Smart doing that? Well, I mean, based on what we've seen in two years, also I don't. Also, worth remembering, like this is kind of forgotten a little bit now, but 
Remember, the, the modus operandi for the first half of the season last year was get Eason his reps, get Eason right. ready. Right. He may take over this job at any point. Right. And to me, that is, I think it gets forgotten a little bit because once Fromm clearly showed, okay, obviously. I, I think the Tennessee game when Eason handed it off seven straight times. That was the defense. Like, like, yep, got it. Right. Yeah. But like the point was, but it wasn't like that a couple weeks before. Remember the big, the, the yeah, big play, the Vanderbilt he, game? He was slinging the ball down the field. In the Vanderbilt game when he had the fumble and I was like, yeah. oh, see, we should stop doing this. And of course it was not Eason's fault. Yeah. But nevertheless, they did actually stop doing that yeah. pretty quickly after that. And because I, mean, I think at that point, I actually, I will say this. For a guy, and we'll obviously talk this about a lot in the season coming up, but for a guy who has getting a lot of people questioning how are you going to handle this two-quarterback situation, he really couldn't have handled it more perfectly than he handled right. it last year. So to me, that's worthy of giving him the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, kind of following on what, we were, what I was saying about the quarterback is that he's literally doing that in every position. He is yeah. literally making people uncomfortable to the point of, you know, look, your spot is not guaranteed here. I mean, frankly, the closest thing we have to a guarantee right now is, um, I, I guess, Swift for starting running back. I mean, I mean, maybe it's somewhere along the defensive line. But hot, hot Rod. I guess Hot Rod is kicker, yeah. Until yeah. he misses a kick in the first game. I, you know, Shut your mouth. I got a little flutter in my heart just thinking about Hot Rod. He is so... He's just... He's, he's my... He's, he's the, like the platonic idea of what you want to do. Have you been there. playing his rap album that we played on the last... No, <laughs> no, no. I, I just... No. I, I'm just... I, anymore, I'm just listening for the Drake grips. You know, that's all I really want from a... Is the whole Drake and Pusha T thing? No, I can't. I Drake, Drake is Drake terrible. And, I know, but Pusha T and never mind. Okay, it's oh. a big thing on the internet today. Yeah, um, but uh, regardless, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. Also, in the last thing on football, uh, the college football preview magazines are out. They are. This is my big thing. I love college football preview magazine. College football is actually the best preview magazine. They're better than the NFL because the NFL, there's never enough time. Uh, same with other uh, Baseball was impossible this year because they have to be out like two, three months before the season started and no one had signed. College football, you generally know the rosters. You generally know how it's going. That magazine will read as well now as it will in mid-August. So I, if you are looking for that, is a tradition of mine of, to spend time at the summer, the rare time that I'm dragged to the beach by my wife because I do not like the sun and I do not <laughs> like people and I do not like sand. But uh, I will do it because I love my wife and I, the children seem to like the ocean, which is basically just a big death machine. <laughs> but um, but I will go nevertheless, uh, and I always read my college, college football magazine. What magazines. brand do you like? You like Athlon, Lindy? Athlon is the best. I think generally Athlon yeah. is the best. Lindy's Athlon, is fine, yeah, but it's, is fine. It's, it's a little. Generally, I think hungry. Athlon is the best. Yeah. Street and Smiths used to be good when they had the sporting news people with them. Now it's a little wobbly. Uh, but yeah, I generally, Athlon is the one I, I I get them all. But I do think Athlon is the best. I, I also like down here, there's like the Georgia Specialty Magazine and the Tennessee Specialty Magazine. I, always, I like that people are so obsessed down here that they will actually do season previews just for teams. Yeah. So the Braves have a three-game lead on the Cardinals. I'm glad you brought that Braves up. Braves are super fun, man. They are. They, are. I, fun. they walked it off last night again. Yeah. Braves are I'm, super fun. I, yeah, and I didn't say that specifically to tweak Will. Sure you did. It's fine. Well, Believe me, I'm very irritated with the Cardinals right now. Tweak away. But but this is this is also demonstrative of the difference. Like This is almost like a, a Georgia-Illinois thing, too, right? We're excited about the Braves because they have a half-game lead over the Phillies. Think about that. Nationals. Uh, 
in yeah, they're all, oh, the they're all jammed up. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah, there's all all ten yeah, came up each other. Depending on when you get this up, that could change anything. Depending right. on when Gabe Kapler messes up another manager. For the record, Gabe Kapler has totally studied the ship there. I wrote this in the first yeah. week. Yeah. Back yeah. Off. Yeah. What did I write my first two weeks of the season? <laughs> Gabe Kapler is a perfectly fine manager, leave him alone, and the Dodgers are not gonna collapse. You guys all think they're done. Yeah. And look what's happening. They're not I'm collapsing. a baseball genius, everything I say is right. <laughs> Well, that's, that's not true. That's the I'm Will Lee show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about the Will Lee show in a second. Sponsored by the Sundog. We, I, um, I had a Georgia uh, alum on the Will Lee show. I saw came. that. I saw so, that. She's a former track athlete. Sidel Noel. Yeah. Uh, she, who is in, if you ever watches the show Glow yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, she is. She's bike chain. She, yeah, she bike chain. Yeah, I, I've never watched the show. Oh, it's amazing. It's yeah. really good. But she is. Uh, Despite Mark Maron. She's on, yeah, she, yeah, yeah, I don't like Mark Maron either. But uh, she's on Glow. If you watch Arrow, she's apparently has a, has a new guest thing on She's in Black Panther too, right? And she's Black Panther. Yeah. She is not to be a spoiler, but she is she dies in Black Panther. She has the big enough role to where her do, where her death inspires the actual more important characters to go out and fight harder. Go do but, stuff. But but not important enough. By the way, not enough Infinity War. No yes. more spoilers. Yeah, not, um. definitely not enough Black Panther characters. <laughs> not enough Wakanda in Infinity War. But uh, but so anyway, she was a track and field star here. Yep. She was a heptathlete. And one of the actual theme of the show, which should be up on your Amazon channels and SI app now, uh, is basically when she was a student here, she was a terrific athlete that was actually training for the Olympics. She right. was really high quality, and she tore up her knee uh, right, right in the next Olympic cycle when she was a senior. And she, I think to quote her, she said, I moved to Atlanta and spent a year eating bonbons and feeling bad for myself. And uh, now, to be fair, when you're Sidel Noel and you have her bone structure and her height and her natural beauty, uh, she was like, well, I'll just eat a couple less bonbons and go model. So not everyone gets that, that kind of uh, uh, notion. But nevertheless, she was one of my absolute favorite guests ever. So if you want to see a UGA athlete I'm, uh, who I talk I, – Did y'all talk Georgia? We talked Georgia considerably. I, she, was, she loved – I, like I like to go run on the tracks when I'm looking – I usually run for distance, but sometimes I like to run for speed. And so I always go over <laughs> to the track over there. There. And she's like, well, you, I'm like, she, she did not realize until she sat down to talk to me that I lived in Athens. So she was very, very excited about that. And I'm looking forward to her because one of the things I always complain about the University of Illinois and praise the University of Georgia for is uh, you guys are so much better at honoring your alums. You're just infinitely better yeah. at honoring your alums. Illinois is notoriously terrible about it. And Georgia is really, really great about it. it but like the alums at halftime. I assume Ryan Seacrest probably won't be up there this year. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how much, how much power the Me Too movement has. Yeah. But uh, certainly the, uh, uh, the alums at halftime and just you guys are great about honoring your alums. So look it's like the Dominique statue that they've yes. put up. And- well, that's, uh, that's, that's less about alums than more about basketball. But when you see some Del Noel on uh, on the on the on the jumbo trying at halftime this year as stars Black Black Panther and Glow know that she was a guest in the release. Yeah, see, I've, I've watched Glow from almost the day it came out, and I had no idea she was a, a Georgia she was UGA, yeah. a UGA person, a Georgia track athlete. Yeah. Speaking of eating bonbons, feeling sorry for yourself, you had Keith Hernandez. Yes, I had Keith and, Hernandez on. I had Keith Hernandez. I had Ron Livingston, the actor yeah. from Office Space. Yeah, oh, yeah. who was yeah. actually he and his he he does a lot of really interesting. Um, a lot of really interesting independent film stuff. Yeah, my favorite thing about uh, Ron Livingston is depending on who you are, you know him from a different thing. I think we yes. probably all know him from Office Space. Yes. The Band uh, of Brothers. Ba- Band of Brothers. Yeah, my Band mom Brothers. knows him from yeah. Band of Brothers. Uh, I, have a, uh, I, have a, I have a younger cousin 
who knows him from Search Party, which is Sex kind of in the City show. Every women know him from Sex in the City. Uh, and, and me. And yes, yes, sorry, yes. <laughs> and uh, Tully, he's in Tully. That's what he's promoting. Uh, is Tully. So, uh, so yeah. So he is. Uh, we've been very happy. We have some very. We have a particularly exciting guest coming up in a couple of weeks, but I cannot uh, say who it is yet. But uh, I'll put it. Can this. you give us a hint? It's Aga, isn't it? Uh, it is someone from the political realm. Oh, it's we'll definitely it Aga. Way. We'll put it that way. Someone from the political realm, which should be very interesting. I, I can't wait to see that Ted Cruz interview then. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I would love to have Ted Cruz. By the way, by the way, be careful. It could be Grayson Allen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could be. It could be. It could be. Okay. Anything else? What you got? Okay, do we have questions? Me? Do we have reviews? Yeah. Uh, reviews? No reviews. I mean, I guess... I guess Come on, guys. Get it together. In the off-season. Yeah. You know, we're not really, you know, pounding the pavement for reviews and everything. Um, I did see, well, a, a couple things. Football-related, of course. Uh, some TV times mm-hmm. have been announced on CBS. Mm-hmm. And uh, Georgia at South Carolina is going to be featured uh, their first full SEC game. On September eighth, three thirty kickoff, and of course Georgia Florida is always pinned in. Not even yeah, I just in. assumed it was three thirty. Yeah, anyway. it is. The it last is. time that was a night game, it was a oh, it was a mess. That should never happen. Like, don't they even like not schedule good SEC games opposite because they always know it's going to be three thirty? Um, I mean, you can only do that so the, much. Yeah, maybe like, the schedule falls that way, but yeah, yeah. Um, so, a question for you. The first CBS, the first CBS game of the year. You know they're not doing tennis anymore, so they, right. they don't they can start immediately, which I kind of like. Yeah. Um, so the first CBS game of the year features a an SEC team versus a Big Twelve team. Can you guess what the matchup is? Three uh, thirty on uh, September first. Is that the LSU game? Didn't LSU play in? It's probably one. I mean, I'm assuming the first weekend is always at like Jerry World or here. What's yeah. here? What's the uh, Chick Fil A kickoff game this year? Actually, I don't know what it. Yeah, Tennessee's in it, right? I think it's Auburn Washington. Oh, you're right. That's not the game. You're right. You're right. Yeah, Alabama. Washington's Alabama plays Louisville, maybe. Right. They do in um, Orlando. Orlando. Mm-hmm. I want to say LSU plays somebody in Houston, but I couldn't say who it is. I'm going to go LSU. I don't think there's anything as good as like an LSU TCU. Oklahoma, but I would say like an LSU. Texas, maybe? No. Okay. No. It's, I don't know where it's being played, but it's Tennessee and West Virginia. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is it, if it's not played at a racetrack, that might be I don't the, care. That might be the second game of, that, of, the, of the Bristol thing, then. Where's it being played? Yeah. Do you it's know? not at Bristol. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I don't know. In retrospect, yeah. if that game would have happened a couple years later... And I had my bearings a little bit in Athens because I had just gotten here when that game happened. I would have gone, man. That would have yeah. been so fun. I would love to. If Georgia Bristol, played, yeah. yeah, yeah, I would have loved it. I would, I would, just for the yeah. novelty factor. Yeah. Right? It broke my heart a little bit this weekend. I used to always go to the Indianapolis Five Hundred. Yep. And nobody cares about the Indianapolis Five Hundred. I watched it. I, I know. I love. I love. So I love the name. Oh, of my the Indiana family was all. Over I love it yeah. so much. How about the winner, willpower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the Indy Five Hundred, and obviously IndyCar has lost. Cash. But so it's NASCAR at this yep. point. Hmm. But I will, my heart will always, always be with Indy 500. So, yeah. So I would. That's, I would uh, the 500 is still on my bucket list. Yeah. Uh, and it has been since I'm surprised before. You've never been. Well, it has been since before I married someone from Indiana. It's just, it's like one of the great American sporting institutions, right? It is great. And um, so we, every year we talk about going, and every year it just works out that we can't. Oh, Memorial Day is always hard. Um, right. Well, it's Memorial Day. Yeah, it's Memorial Day. So. Well, the, it's worth doing, but before, before we wrap up, if anyone gets this, and well, we may have some stuff you want to do, but before anyone gets this, I think the game baseball games are sold out or close They're to pretty sold close, out. yeah. Yeah. But uh, they're, they are all weekend, and theoretically speaking, 
if they win and they make it out of there, there's more coming next right. week. And the idea of a super regional Georgia play versus Kent the, State. To, Kent State, the super regional? Yeah. I think it would get Texas Tech. Texas Tech is Texas nine. If Kent State, that's Strickland's old school. Right, if Kent right, State right, wins, right, 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 right. they're the three seed in the in the, in the Texas Tech in yeah. Lubbock? Wow. That would be, that would be quite a crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, one other SEC game that's been announced is LSU at Auburn on the 15th of September. Yeah. There's three uh, doubleheader weekends. The first is the weekend of the Georgia-Florida game. Interesting, is Georgia, it, Georgia is that Florida the, is 3.30. Is that the 3.30 or 3.30 yeah. noon? 3.30 Okay. Uh, trivia question, again, might as well make one. What's the 8 o'clock game? Is it, have they announced it? It's not SEC. Oh, then, no, that's not, the, that's not, their, that's not their SEC uh, well, it's a doubleheader on CBS. Right. It's a CBS doubleheader. You're right. It's, it's not, not SEC. Yeah. What game would be that weekend? Um, think about. Give a hint. Well, it's think about their last broadcast every year. Is, is Ar- it Army Navy's playing? That is, it, is it Notre Dame no. Navy or Notre Dame? Notre Dame Navy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Notre yeah, Dame yeah. Navy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I'm just thinking about Army Navy. Yeah, I was yeah. kind of giving you a hint with the Service Academy. Um, the other doubleheader weekends are November 3rd and November 10th. I don't know who Georgia plays on those weekends. Uh, November, whichever weekend, Georgia plays Kentucky November 3rd. Um, is it Auburn? No. November 10th. Probably is Auburn. And then this is a throwaway weekend before Tech. Yep. After that. Yep. Okay. So, which means Georgia will either be noon or 3.30 because usually the, that first Wait, what, one. What's the game the throwaway weekend before Tech? UMass. UMass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, my guess is is that if you look at the schedule, I feel very comfortable that Alabama LSU is the weekend of the third. And that's going to be an 8 o'clock game. Home schedule is better. So last week well, it was going to be terrible yes, last year. Yeah. And it was not terrible. Well, yeah. the, the problem is there's. Four throwaway games. Yeah, but, then, the but then you have Auburn in Tennessee. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and we'll see how Tennessee is. I'm, I'm throwing Tech in with the throwaway game. Listen, let's just do what we did in Tennessee last year, sure. except here. That would be a very pleasant time. I'll take that. Yeah. Let's um, do what we did to Tech here. There was also one new rule change, kind of not really uh, monumental, but one coach from the SEC West made it more interesting. Um College football rules changed. They're limiting people on headsets. <laughs> it used to be 20, uh, which I didn't know, yeah. and it's down to 15. Yeah, it's and there's a coach who coaches out west. Malzahn. Well, him too. But uh, Nick Saban wasn't particularly fond of it. In fact, I have a quote from Nick Saban about what he thinks about going from 20 headsets to 15 headsets. See if you can uh, diagram this or make sense of it. Nick Saban said, re- referring to this, quote, I don't know who is driving all of this stuff, but to me, it's kind of like mouse manure when you're up to your ears in elephant doo-doo. <laughs> okay. So. That sounds like Nick Saban. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I kind of, another thing we always talk about Kirby being more like uh, Saban, he'll never have, I don't know if he's ever going to have that. No. I don't know if he's ever going to have that. Maybe when he's 65. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe he's just old and cranky. Um, and then one other thing uh, that I'd like to mention, uh, a couple weeks ago, I had the pleasure of working, uh, d- doing a video with the mayor of Winterville. Mm-hmm. His name's Dodd Farrell. He's put out probably 10 albums uh, before, and he had a dream band uh, that he put together because they were rededicating the Winterville Auditorium. They got a $55,000 grant from the Fox Theater Institute to help rebuild and renovate the historic auditorium. In Winterville, and so he came up to me at a uh, little league baseball game because I'd done some work with him in the past, and he said, "Hey, man, 
I need you to be available to film on May 11th. And I was like, okay, that, that's cool. He's like, I got a band. He was like, I've got a, it's a secret. So, and I was kind of, I, I basically assumed it was going to be an Athens kind of theme band. Well, come to find out, uh, went to sound check on that Tuesday <clears throat> and he was playing in a band with none other than David Barbie. Yeah. Who is a famous local producer. That, John And director of the music business program at UGA. Right. John Keane, also with uh, John Keane Studios. And then he had on drums Bill Barry. Uh, <laughs> Bill so Barry. Bill Barry of, of R.E.M. That guy. So, the guy uh, they didn't want to do it anymore. So, yeah. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link the video um, that I did. It, it came out really good. Their, their music was phenomenal. And uh, I'll link that in the show notes page of this episode. So. Well, guys, we have made it to May. We have made it to May. So I think the next show... Or to June. We got, we got travel all coming yeah. up. Yeah, that's travel true. Travel yeah. coming up. So, so, but so I, my guess is one more pre-SEC media days. I think so. I yeah. think we'll probably have one more to talk about at the end. Uh, listen, maybe Georgia baseball or Georgia softball wins next. If, if something big happens... Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, of course. But yeah, but I think you should probably expect... I, I actually would like to talk to Seth about... Mm-hmm. Seth Emerson about him being at the Athletic. Yep. I think he'd like to make the case because I would argue uh, whatever... Uh, if any Georgia fan has gotten used to reading Seth Emerson. Uh, I think his work at The Athletic has been better than it was at Dog Nation and the Atlanta Constitution. He's obviously got a lot more freedom to do stuff, and I think he's doing really good work with it because he's a really good reporter. And if you are aware, Georgia fans are very lucky to have Seth Emerson as a reporter, so I might want to talk to him about that a little bit. But yeah. um, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll set up some guests and some short stuff in between. But uh, otherwise, it's getting it's summer. At least we have cool things going on. If we win a national championship in softball, we'll get together. Or baseball, oh, yeah, we'll yeah. get together. Right? Yeah. yeah, I think we'll have to. Yeah. All right. Well, other than that, uh, send us re- give us reviews. It's <laughs> yeah. Give us I mean, it does, it does mean a lot to Scott. And, uh, <laughs> it means any, nothing anytime, to me. Anytime, you, nothing to anytime me. you want to talk about my laughter, I'm, I'm happy to, to take oh, the oh, compliments. Oh, Before we sign off, we Scott, have a website. Scott, you in the back. Oh, yeah, that is definitely. And a logo? <laughs> yes, yes. We'll, we will um, unveil the logo in the fall. Okay. Or, or Season three, four, four whatever yeah. it is. So go to WSLSpodcast.com to read updated stuff eventually. Wow. Four seasons. That's longer than some of my marriages. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Not this one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, no I, I mean, we got 15 I, years last week. Be cool. Do, sorry, I meant to do, not, do, 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 I meant to do drum. Oh, yeah, I like, I did, yeah, the rim I, shot. Yeah, I did the sad. Yeah, I, did the sad. Yeah, I can add that. Yeah, that's not necessary. <laughs> I actually like the like this embarrassing like the, little moment. No, I actually <laughs> like the, the um, tension building. Also, one last dun, thing I'm going to close dun. with. Uh, uh, I don't want you to think that I'm being too sensitive about this. <laughs> but one of the things that I've had an issue with since I moved to Georgia is I don't understand how, why you guys are so weird about shorts and shoes. <laughs> And I don't get it. I like. For, I'll put it this way: for the five years and before I met my wife, who you guys have all met, my wife, she's very, she's lovely. She's very lovely, she and is. she's also very stylish. She's very stylish. She's you know, she, she's she's, she's a, southern. She's, she's southern. She's a very classic kind of style. And um, for the five years before I met her, and then I guess probably the first two years after I met her, I wore uh, I, I was like Pee Wee. You know, when Pee Wee Herman would wake up in the morning and he'd have the eight. Exactly the same of, thing. Yeah, I had uh, ten black t- ten black t shirts and five pairs of jeans, 
And I just wore those every day for basically like, because all I care about clothes, literally the only thing I care about clothes is that they are not noticed. It's literally the only reason, like, it's the only reason I get dressed. Because if you were naked, people would notice. I don't care about clothes. I have no desire. Oh, they would notice. (laughs) Um, Sorry. And um, so no matter what, like, I just don't want people to notice my clothes. So we all went to the G-Day tailgate. We all went to the G-Day tailgate. Okay. And, um, and so I'm so excited cause like now, you know, now I met my wife, she basically has, has, uh, once I, once I met her in New York, she would like put like a sweater or a shirt over the jacket and like slowly make me into look like someone that's not, you know, like an emo video. And, but when I got down here, I don't understand how you people dress. You don't wear socks. Why don't you wear socks? Well, I wear, I wear low socks. Yeah. Low cut socks. Like, like I wear these. Yeah. Those are not socks. Those are like toe holders. And um, it works anyway. So I wear socks. And I'm, I'm not shoes. wearing socks right now. And um, I don't really understand the way you guys dress. And so I finally found like a nice pair of shorts that I could just wear that like no one seemed to care about because I don't want to make a statement with my clothes. I just want to wear my. I'm, I know I'm, I'm going to do my best to not curse, Scott. But I just want to wear whatever clothes that gets none of you people to comment on my clothes. I never comment on your clothes. I never comment on anyone's clothes. I don't understand why we would feel the need to comment on mine. Just don't mention my clothes, ever. I just want to do whatever doesn't get my clothes mentioned. Right. So we all go to the G-Day thing, and I found these, these pair of shorts that seemed as neutral and normal, and no one – I wore them a few times, and nobody noticed them. No one said anything. Awesome. I bought, like, five pair. Because I'm just like, awesome, I'm set. We get there, and for whatever reason, the Wallers decide that they <laughs> disapprove of these shorts. <laughs> Wait a minute. I you mentioned it first, Pat. I did mention it first, I did mention it first. I didn't mention it first. I was filming, but I didn't but know they, I was filming that when I, I was filming. Well, you, ha- you have to understand two things. First off, mm. first off um, mm. my wife is from Indiana. That should yes. tell you some things. No, um, in so, Indiana, everyone dresses warm all the time, and so, nobody cares. So, secondly, secondly, we, we do absolutely operate under the if you're not taunted, you're not wanted. And I swear to God, if I'd known you were sensitive about your shorts, I would never say anything about shorts. I'm not sensitive about my shorts. <laughs> I just don't want my clothes to ever be noticed by anyone. Uh, and to be fair, I cr- dress specifically cr- for that reason. <laughs> cr- and it's. So explain what happened. I just, I made some, I think I made some comment about, well, shorts, they're nice shorts. They were just, I thought they were just a touch long. <laughs> and, uh, and then Kristen came in with a kill shot about his legs. And I don't even know what she said. I'm sorry, Will. I'm not worried about my legs, by the way. Good. Like, I'm not, I got, I'm your, not Your legs are handsome. I run all the god time, sorry. Yeah. I run all the freaking time. Your legs like, are I, handsome. My legs are fine. But, uh, but I, like, shorts are too long. Is that a thing now? Like, are shorts too long? Like, what is wrong with shorts being too long? There's nothing wrong with shorts being too long. Apparently there is. No, there's not. Anyway, <laughs> point is, um, I, have, I am scheduled. Good thing you weren't in a fraternity you're down ske- here. You're scheduled to get your. I'm scheduled to go to Louisiana Haberdashery. with the Wallers. We'll see. Okay? <laughs> we'll see. And on that note, go dogs. Go Pants. <laughs> All right. Ah, I don't want you to think that I'm sensitive about that. Oh, God. And-
thanks so much for listening. You can tweet our show at WSLS Podcast. And while you're on the internet, why don't you look up our website? It's new. I mentioned it in the podcast. It's at W. No, it's not at. It's www. You don't even have to write that anymore. Just write. Just type in WSLSpodcast.com. We'll be updating like show notes and maybe even contributing articles to that as the summer and the fall come near. I'm going to try to talk to Will and Tony about that. I've already written a couple. Not that I'm an accomplished writer, but I've still updated it a couple times. I'll even, we'll add some pictures and everything. We might actually sell some swag later this year. Swag doesn't sound right. More like t-shirts and stickers and stuff. We'll we'll fill you in on that, but uh, make sure to stop by or bookmark our website. And stay tuned for future episodes this summer. We're going to be interviewing, well, Will and Tony will be interviewing Bill Connolly, Seth Emerson, and former Georgia beat writer David Ching. Uh, So that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for stopping by, and I hope you have a great rest of your week. Good luck to the dogs in Oklahoma City for the Women's College World Series and right here in Athens for the Athens Regional NCAA Tournament hosting Georgia Bulldogs, if that makes sense. That'll do it for us. Go dogs, and we'll see you on campus.